Well, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So how's your prayer life? That's what we're looking at and talking about today. How's your prayer life? Do you ever wonder if you should maybe be praying more or more intently? You know, James says that the prayer of a righteous man, you know, availeth not. He talks about the great power of prayer. Is that something that you have really been taking advantage of? Maybe especially in these difficult years that we've had, the last couple of years and the challenges that so many people are facing even today. What about your prayer life? Have you ever said to somebody, you know, I'll, um, I'll pray about that and then forget to pray about it? Or the common phrase today, our thoughts and prayers, you know, go with you. Do you find that it's more thoughts than it is prayers? You know, I would guess that most of us feel a little inadequate in our prayer life. Most of us feel that we've come up a little short into what we really could be endeavoring in our life of prayer and our walk and our talk with God. In fact, research shows if, if they've surveyed Christians and they've asked, what, do you, what would you like your pastor to preach on? One of the number one topics that research has, says people want pastors to preach on is prayer. And that tells me that, that people really know, you know, they want to, and yet they feel like they're not adequate in their prayer life. Prayer is something that's important to us. We know it intellectually. We're aware of that. We covet it. I mean, try taking prayer away. Remember when there used to be prayer in public schools? And you know, all of the fuss and uh, that, well, no more prayer in public schools. And that didn't go away easily. There are still people who look back to the day when prayer was common in public schools and they compare it to today and they see the difference in the schools and they factor some of that might be because there's no more prayer in school, there's no more God in school. Supreme Court, just this month even, had a ruling on that where there was a Joseph Kennedy was his name in Bremerton, Washington. He was a football coach. He kneeled at the 50-yard line to pray. As a result of that, he was on administrative leave and his contract as a football coach was not renewed. Went all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court said that Joseph Kennedy had the right to do that. Don't mess with our prayer life is what we're telling people. And yet, we ourselves will have to admit that we're not very good in our prayer life. Do we take advantage of it? I mean, we have a gut feeling that it's important, don't we? We know, and we don't want to lose it. Our 800, you know, direct line to God, we want to hang on to that. And yet it's something that often falls into more disuse rather into use. Well, this is what Charles Spurgeon once said about prayer. We should pray when we are in a praying mood. For it would be sinful to neglect so fair an opportunity. We should pray when we are not in a praying mood. For it would be dangerous to remain in such an unhealthy condition. And God wants us to pray. Listen to some Bible verses that we have. This is what St. Paul wrote um, to the church at Philippi. He said, 
do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Paul says, pray about anything. Pray about everything. And he sees this as a way not to be anxious about things. The stresses we have in our life. The stresses you have in your life. When's the last you actually prayed about them? Instead of just stewing about them. Paul says, don't be anxious about these things. But in everything, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, Present your request to God. And then later, again, he writes to the, um, the church at Thessalonica, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So not only does he say pray all times, you know, your life can be a life of prayer uh, to, to God, pray continually, but then he points this additional thing out. This is God's will. Don't think that you're bothering God by calling on him too much. Don't think you're pestering him if you have too many requests of him. Paul says, it's God's will that you pray. And then Jesus said in John, he said, ask and it will be given to you and your joy will be complete. So Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed a lot. He prayed for himself. He prayed for others. He prayed for you. I don't know if you realize that, but in, in Jesus' high priestly prayer, he prayed for his disciples, but then he also added this in the high priestly prayer. He said, I'm also praying for those who will come to the faith as a result of their testimony. That's you. At that time, long ago, as he was praying with his, for his disciples, he was also praying for you. He prayed in public. He prayed in private. And probably some of his more famous prayers were said even on the cross as he was dying. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And so it was centuries ago that his disciples who saw that Jesus was a man of prayer said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus obliged. He first of all gave them a prayer to pray. A prayer that is so simple that young children have it memorized. And yet a prayer that is so deep and complex that we can spend hours looking at, examining, and considering each petition of that prayer. Now Jesus gave a lot of prayers in the Bible, and he said a lot of prayers, but this prayer is known as the Lord's Prayer. And all you have to do is to say the first two words. I'm guessing everyone here could finish it off. If I would start with Our Father, you could finish it off. You know the Lord's Prayer. Jesus didn't stop, though, with the Lord's Prayer. He then went on to teach them more about prayer. Lord, teach us to pray was the request. He gave them a prayer. He taught them about prayer. And I think we can get some really significant insights about prayer as we look at this. And the first is this. God hears every prayer. Friend, 
Lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And then the one inside answers. He's already in bed. You know, his children were too. And yet when the friend came to the door, he heard that prayer. So I ask you today, what is it that you want to talk to God about? And I realize there's a lot of things going on. Whenever I look at a group of people like you, I, I know that there's a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer requests that, that could be made. What is it for you? What would you like to talk to God about? What's going on in your life? Is it your marriage? Is it your children? Is it an illness that you are facing that you just got that diagnosis or, or maybe one of your family members? Was it Thanksgiving for a promotion? Or are you having really a struggle making ends meet at this time of inflation? Were you surprised about something? Do you have an event coming? Maybe a, a, a vacation or a reunion? Perhaps an anniversary or a birthday, some celebration. Maybe you did something and it's just gnawing away at you on the inside. And what you really need is cleansing or forgiveness, a closer walk with God or peace. You know, I have a friend who calls me, I don't know, maybe four or five times a year. And we just chit-chat about little things and at the end of every phone call, without exception, every phone call, he says to me, is there something I can pray about with you right now? I have to tell you this. These phone calls come out of the blue. I don't know when they're coming. I'm not prepared for them. Suddenly the phone rings and, and there it is. I know Ed's on the other end. Not once, not once have I had to say to Ed, yeah, no, really, there's nothing to talk to God about today. You know, there's always something, something good going on in my life, something happening, somebody that I'm concerned about, some stress, something that I'm facing, without exception, every time. So my question for you today is, what is it that you want to talk to God about? And know this, that when you do this, he actually will hear that prayer. I know you might think you're insignificant. And I know that, I mean, in this church body here today, we can't, we don't have time to do all of your prayer requests if you, you know, all send slips forward. And you're going to be praying your own silent prayers today. And yet, even though there's all these people and all those prayers are going up to heaven, and this is a Sunday morning and all the churches throughout the country and the world are sending prayers up to heaven, God hears every one of them. Every one of those prayers, you are that important to him. Listen what the psalmist wrote. He said, When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of prayers that go up to God, but he hears every one of them. 
There's over a billion Christians on the face of this earth right now. And to consider that you might think, oh, I'm only one. I am really insignificant. Does God really care that much about me? That he'll listen to my prayer? Is my concern or my celebration really that important to him? And my answer to you is, yes, it is. Who are we that he would be considerate of us? Who are we? Well, the psalmist says this. The psalmist said that you knit me together in my mother's womb. Do you know what that means? That means you are handmade by God. Have you ever made something with your hands? Is that important to you? Well, that's how important you are to God. He knit you together in your mother's womb. So important are you to God that Jesus said, the very hairs of your head are numbered. So today when you comb your hair and you saw a little hair that was in in your brush or in the comb or maybe in the sink, you probably didn't think anything of it. But God did. He cares that much about you. That he numbers the hairs on your head. He cares more about you than you care for yourself. So yes, yes, your prayers are important to him. Yes, you are important to him. Handmade by God. Important enough that he cares for even the hairs of your head. It's why he sent his son to suffer and die for you and to give you life, as the children pointed out. A gift that God gives you is life. Not only life now, but also life eternally. You know, one thing that we often do is we regulate Jesus to history. Do you ever find yourself doing that? Well, yeah, Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. You know, these are the stories of the things that he did 2,000 years ago. But by doing so, we're denying the ascension into heaven. And the sitting at the right hand of God. No, he's not only regulated to history. He's alive today. He cares for people today. He still is active in the world and in your life today. This isn't just a history record here or a historical story. It's today. He hears your prayers. And then he also answers them. I I find this this story that we have here with Jesus said really interesting because it's such a study of negatives. Uh, The reasons for this man not to help the friend who came to the door were many. You know, already in bed, children were in bed. You know, often in those days, the, the livestock were in the house too. You know, you were going to disturb all the livestock that was there. And yet, yet, because of this man's persistence, he rises and he gives him what he needs. The point that Jesus is making is this. God's not like that. He gives you what you need out of his love for you. And that's why Jesus says, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open for you. Okay, so, so, so I didn't have a lot of time to prepare this sermon because Pastor called me at the end of last week and said, hey, can you fill in for me? I got COVID. So I said, okay, I, so I, I did. I looked at old sermons. You know, well, you might figure I'd probably do that, an old pastor that I am. And so I looked and I found one from 30, uh, yeah, it was 30 years ago, okay? I was 41 at the time, and my son was 10, my son Mark. And so I, as I read through that, I just, I want to read with you, to you what I had written 30 years ago about 
my son and I at that time that I tied into this about children and their fathers and giving them gifts and your father gives you better gifts. This is what I wrote. So imagine this 41-year-old man and his 10-year-old son. And I just had looked at this text. I was preparing to preach it that week. This really hit home this week. Mark asked me to lower his basketball hoop, knowing that if I lowered it in a couple of days, he would want it raised again. I hesitated. But he reminded me that he had asked me in the spring, early in the summer, and again now, and I didn't do it. And then later that day, I was studying this text. I read the last paragraph, which said, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Mark wasn't asking much. He isn't practicing to be a professional ball player. He just wanted to play around and do some jam shots at his own level. I peeked into his room. Mark and Mike, do you want to practice your Michael Jordan jam shots? His eyes were like saucers. You lowered the hoop? Later that afternoon, I called Joy to look out the window as... Ten neighborhood children were bouncing off the jogger and dunking the basketball. If we who make mistakes, who might be insensitive, who often think of ourselves more than others, who sometimes groan but do what we know what is right, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Father in heaven give us his Holy Spirit. He hears. He answers. And so with his disciples today, we also say, Lord, teach us to pray. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. Amen.